everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
that's why the Lord is showing us we have to be you know, we have to say when we come up here as the worship the worship team we have to. When you want something, you you jump up, you don't do the thing. So as you worship me, tell the Lord what you want. Bring trying to it. Jump up for it. What is the man that we're hearing because he's pouring out? He wants to give you everything.
talk show audience. We're in the transfer right now. You can hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. Amen. All right, talk show audience, we should be on if there's some issues. Just te- fire off a text. Yes. Um, can I you may. So while we were, uh, while we were worshiping for all the time, um, the God, the Lord is just reminding me that you shout unto God what you need victory over. And I was shouting over things for my personal life, and as I was saying all of those things, he started telling me that, that's not just for you, it's for the whole house, for this home, this household here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool, God, thank God, that's awesome. All right, I'm doing that. And then when Danielle went up there and said to I was like, no, that's really true. And then afterward, it's almost like the Holy Spirit told me to write down um, what it is that I was declaring for this house yeah. and what it is that we were writing down here. And so I wrote it down, and then I'm wondering if we can leave this up there, and just as Lord leaves every person individually to go up there and also write it down on this paper. And I just wrote, like, let it rain, and the first thing is financial freedom, and the second thing I wrote is vision. Okay. Take it up. I don't know what it's like. Just throw it on the altar right here. We'll be looking right. And it doesn't bother me if halfway through this you think, oh, I need to go up there and write this thing down. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I won't trip. Okay, Titus chapter 2. We started on Sunday, we started talking beyond the testimony, the power of proximity, and breaking the power of persuasion. You know what the world uses, you know, how, you know what the power of persuasion is? Let me define that. Um, commercials are power of persuasion. It really is. Commercials are power of persuasion. Um, Ford trucks are built out. Not anymore. No, they're bored tough, built tough. Huh? So I don't know. I'm trying to think of commercials, but I, I don't watch them because I, I don't like them. But, um, you know, um, best part of waking up, boulders in your cup, power of persuasion. <laughs> You know? Well, I said, Nike, just do it. Power persuasion. And you, you think about these things, and there's even, they even have jingles. Now, how many of you ever heard of the one about um, injury attorneys? Yeah, that's that one. The 888, 8888. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> power pers- that's the power of persuasion. And uh, we have to get, the ch- in church, you have to get beyond the testimony. We get in here and say, man, I want to praise God. I, I, you know, I got to witness to somebody at the at job and blah, 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 and that's it. And you say, oh, praise the Lord. But what did you do with them afterwards? How would you disciple them? How would you get, carry them out? You, know, you follow what I'm saying? You know, we went, we went to the city council and we voted down uh, boys and girls using the, the, the same bathroom. Bam, we voted it down. But what are you doing to maintain that kind of atmosphere? We're cool in here. Are you hot? So, anyway, what are we doing to maintain this? So, you said, absolutely beyond the testimony. A lot of people give a testimony. Praise God, I'm healed. What are you doing to stay healed? And, and so then, proximity, the power of proximity is that it's, it's a nearness in time and space or relationship. Some of us have to practice staying in close proximity to the things of God. Especially when we, when we are easily swayed. Um, I remember Beyonce saying that song about putting what on it, getting what, putting a ring, and everybody started talking about that. And then you know what? No, listen, correlated to that, that song and, and, and being out there, you know what happened when that song went out? Uh, there were more engagements. I didn't say there were more marriages, but there were more engagements during that time. And jewelry, listen, jewelry sales spiked in wedding bands and wedding rings and stuff. And that's, I mean, that's the power of persuasion. But if you're persuaded that way, then now you need to understand what the, what, what the power of proximity is. And sometimes you need to stay close to the things of God in order to maintain what you have. And so we began to talk about these different things about coexisting. Watch. It's, it's, it's persuasion is a belief in or it's coercion, inducement, or enticement. What is it about Lay's potato chips that they always used to say? You can't have just, that's it. They entice you. Then you pick one up and you go, wow, it's true. Yeah, once you pop, you can't stop. That's it, man. You know what? And you'll, take, you'll, you'll down a tube real quick. <laughs> and so that's the power of persuasion. And so the world uses the power of persuasion very, very well. And they've been doing it in schools. They've been telling you, you know what? Uh, gay marriage. It's just two guys that love each other. It's just two women that love each other. Why are you going to stand in the way of love? And, and they show movies and everything else about that. And, and what happens is next thing you know, is sh- the, there was a shift in the way that people looked at, at, looked at things because all of a sudden, it's who could deny two people in love? Campbell Soups puts out a few, two guys feeding soup to their little baby. Yeah, it's like, and it, that's the power of persuasion. You know, and it's, and it's how people think. Because at first I thought, oh, Pam goes, did you notice that? I said, look, a couple of brothers feeding the, you know, a dad and, a, a dad and an uncle feeding the, the kid, you know. It's like, and she goes, no, look at it again. I go, oh, you know. <laughs> and so what happens is it's, 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 it's the power of persuasion. And it's been going on since the 30s. And so society now sees things that are a certain way. And it's not that, you know what I don't want? I don't want people to go out there with signs. What happens is that when, when, you're, when you have a prophetic voice, the prophetic voice always exercises in love. And so this is how we have to start. And we start in here by being in agreement, and we start by influencing the world and beginning to move into the mountains of influence. But what we're doing is I want us to turn in our Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 3. See, the power of agreement is what the world has. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. 
I, I keep bringing this guy up because he's always in the news, but Donald Trump says all kinds of stupid things. He says smart things and stupid things. And the, and the media catches all the stupid things because I, I go back and watch the whole speech. And, and what happens is that you get people who, who, um, who, who get, who, you know, will hear just the stupid things and everybody, then, then you get millennials, they're going to vote for him. Yeah, no, because they don't know anything. Because, you know, he doesn't tell you what he's going to do. And then you got someone, you know, you got, you got Rubio and Cruz and you got Bernie Sanders. I'm a democratic socialist. Free school for everybody. And all the people in college are going, yes! And he's winning them all up because they, they don't know how are we going to pay for free college. And so, and then we got a lady who's running who's, well, no, that's what they, they say. Everybody agrees. The, the majority of the people that are going to vote for her say she's a liar, but she's the best hope we got. You know, this is what they're saying. What is all of this going on? It's power of persuasion. Uh, are you listening to what I'm saying? And, and so, you know, she let our guys die in Benghazi. You know I mean? She knows a whole lot more than, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's behind the scenes. That's why Christians, we need to pray. Put the right people in. The president is, is only as good as the people that, support, that, that get under him and, 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 because he can't make any policies other than direct policies, and then the people that work for them make it happen, right? Well, there's some executive decisions, but, but you know, there were, more, there were presidents that made more of them, that, and, then, and it's depending on who you agree with and who you don't. Most of those have been uh, not a good thing. And so when we understand the, the, the places that we're in, uh, because Jesus is neither right wing nor left wing, there are a lot, Jesus had a lot of liberal tendencies. A lot of progressives think that, oh, man, Jesus is the way to go, man. He, he gave to the poor, so we got to do that too. But then they think that we ought to set up programs and tax everybody, take away their money so that, you know what, if you own the business, how would you like people come and taking all your profit because you're making more than everybody else? Can't do that. So um, is this is what we have to study. I'm going to read a scripture today to you so you understand what this means. Let's, I'm gonna, let's go to a passage of scripture and um, let, let's go to Galatians, no, excuse me, Colossians. Uh, I'm going to read this to you so you understand what I'm talking about. Then we're going to go back towards uh, Revelation. Colossians chapter 4, six, I believe, verse 6. And it says, let your speech be always precious, or gracious, excuse me, seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. Let's go to a different version of the Bible here. And it says, with your words, your conversation, your message, at all times within grace, always favorable, being one, having been prepared and fitted by salt or seasoned, one being interesting and not insipid. You know what insipid means is sneaky. You know, so with having ill... Um, like a snake. That's it. And, and it says, and, and you to have seen and thus be aware how it continues binding for you folks, habitually answering each person with discernment. Now, what it's talking about here is making, when you speak to someone, 
you have to make sense. But here's something, because it's talking about how you talk about the word of God, because in Galatians, they were, he, he said, you're stupid and you've been bewitched. You know, you, you've been, you called them morons, which meant that you were blockheads, that you had nothing between the ears, you know, just a bunch of rocks. That's how he told them, because having begun in the spirit, why do you think that, come, that, that you can reach and attain things of God by, by keeping the law? And so he was training them, and he said, but when someone comes and asks you something, be prepared, be seasoned like salt. Now, what does that mean? I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. We were talking, I was having a conversation with someone earlier about how the Bible tells us in First Peter, do you remember which, which passage that was that I gave you? First Peter something about First Peter, and, and it's 113 or something? I don't remember. But 315, it says that always being ready to have an answer to every man that asks. Well, this one in, Col- in Colossians, it says it a little bit better because you know what it says? When I used to get ready, what happened is I had, here's a whole story. I had an atheist one time. I was out there preaching Jesus, winning people to Jesus left and right, getting all kinds of notches on my belt. And I was a young Christian, so I was like, yeah, another one, another one. You know, I didn't know them, you know. But then I hit this one guy up and he goes, and he finished quoting my scriptures. And he says, you're not going to get through me because I'm an atheist. And he goes, what are you going to do or say about it? I just, my big head went down, nothing. The, whole, the rest of the time I was moping around because I had no answer. Then I decided, Pam and I went to seminary, got our degrees, and then we sat under these theologians and we got, I studied so that nobody would ever catch me without having an answer. What happened was then I got too much knowledge and I wanted to argue with everybody, but then I had to come back to love. And, and in love, you always have an answer to every man that asks. And so here, to be well-seasoned is to have you know, there, there's, everyone say torque. It's T-O-R-C. It means a thread of reference check. It means, that's a simple way of saying systematic theology. The Bible defines itself, so you find the first, the law of first mention means it's mentioned here first, and the thread follows all the way through the Bible. That's how you know that something is true. Like healing. People argue healing. I'm the Lord that heals thee. None of the diseases that went on Egypt will be upon you. What does he say that, that, by his wounds you were healed. He starts talking about healing all the way through the scripture. So it follows that reference. Well, to be seasoned, when you talk to someone, is have your ducks in a row. You have you ever talked to someone who know, you know for a fact that they're dazzling you with BS? How many ever saw, you guys are all young, the, the, the show Cheers had a mailman, and he always knew a little bit about everything. Right? His name was, was Cliff. He always knew, oh, yeah, that's a Madagascar spider that comes from this and this. There's a brown spider that bites and kills everybody that he comes in contact with. And he was lying. And, and he just talked and dazzled people with not, they call it faux knowledge. It's not poor. He's not seasoned. Well, there's a lot of Christians who are not seasoned. They don't get a true word from God. And back then, they didn't have the New Testament. They had to get theirs from the Holy Spirit. So how were they seasoned? By spending time with God. They were soaking in his presence, basically marinating being well-seasoned so that they would have an answer to anyone who comes to ask. So we think in terms of study, which we do now apply, that we still marinate in this presence so that we have an answer as though they were speaking to Jesus. So that's why the Bible says to study, to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed. Because I was definitely ashamed when this atheist came. And then, you know, back then, he was ready to fight. I think I probably would have just backed off. I would have just given him Christ and him crucified because Paul used to throw down on Mars Hill because Paul was an intelligent man. He went to Mars Hill and, and he philosophized with everybody, prophesied to everybody, and maybe about three people history shows came to Jesus in three months. He came back down to the, to the city where God told him to go, 
and he determined not to know anything except Christ and him crucified. And he says that he would speak not with man's wisdom, but with the power of God so that man's faith would not rest upon his words, but upon the power of God. Isn't that amazing? Simplify it. You know that most newspapers, all written, all, most of all your written media is written at about a fifth to eighth grade level. You know why? Because they want to reach the masses. How many of you have ever seen that program, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? How many here have ever been a little stumped by some of the questions? <laughs> it's true. A lot of them, I got a lot of them right, but that's because for a long time I've been homeschooling kids. But the other day we were talking about capitals, because we used to just rattle off capitals. I forgot Maryland, which was the capital of Maryland. I forgot which one was this, and we started looking some up. But all the other ones, we knew. But then all those little northeastern states were gone. <laughs> they just consolidate and make one state. No, I'm kidding. But you know what? But we, we were like, you know what? And, and, and beautiful territory, man. My company sent me out there to recruit Mexicans up there. And those Mexicans, that's where a lot of your Angus cows come from. So a lot of, there's a big Mexican population up there. So we had, I had to hire Spanish speakers for stores. Didn't make sense. I thought, I thought, Puerto Ricans? No, what's wrong with you? That's in New York. I'm sending you to the Northeast. Worse. Are they Icelandic Mexicans that are coming out from the South? I don't know, I don't know where they're coming from. And then they, and then they told, I, I didn't even think there farms out there. It's too cold. But they said that they, 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 they bring up some of the best beef. And they're the Angus beef that come up from that area. And so, guess who's out there working the farms? Raza. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, you know, they're working the farms. So you talk about migration, man, just for jobs. But anyway, what happens is we have to be seasoned and know what we're talking about in these days. Did you know that if we're going to reach the largest segment of population that's coming up, which is about 4 billion, are young people. They're the crowd that's 34 and under. They're the largest political, economic group that's up and coming. Most of which, uh, the, the, some of the adults that are in the 30s, they're millennials. Millennials. I don't know, I can't say that word. I can say things in Greek and whatnot, but this millennials. And these guys, they're the show-me group because they don't believe anything. Because you can't speak because, you know what, a lot of them are tech-savvy, so they think if you're tech-savvy, you know everything. No, you don't. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't. You can't catch a football, so you don't know. No, I'm kidding. But what? <laughs> I'm praying. But what happens is, the answer is on this ball. But anyway, what happens is we, we have to start reaching this population. But we also got a whole bunch of old people who are tired of everything that's going on, so they just want to kick back. And I'm including myself in the old people, the baby boomers that are gone. But the baby boomers don't want to get old. They don't want to get old. They want, they want, to, they want to stay in charge. So, you know, you have people like Bernie Sanders, and you wonder if that guy's going to last in office. But what happens is, Revelation 3.3, we'll go there now, but that's what it says. Our words have to be, notice how it says, our words can't cut. They've got to be words with love. They've got to be words with love. You just can't have words that don't mean anything. Verse 3, 
we, this is where we stopped last week on Sunday. Now, this is cool because, see, a lot of us, I, I, there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 5 where it talks about don't go back to the elementary things. In other words, baptisms and, and, and dead, freedom from dead works. And all. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. The church for a long time had the, the bad, the big three, smoking, drinking, and dancing. That, you know, you're going to hell. But that's not true. And you think I'm kidding. You think I'm really playing. There was a church we went to that we were helping the guy establish his church. And it was a denominational church, Pentecostal folk. You know, they, they, were, they were still believing in the gifts of the Spirit and everything. And so we looked at these papers and said, this can't be. We ordered new ones. The new ones, because they were like from 1965. And it said that the, the ushers that works that cannot drink, smoke, or dance. And so I went, oh, okay. Well, so then we got the new members and the new member package. And the ones that were like 2012 or 2010, I don't know what year it was. It was back in the, still, we were in the 21st century already, right? And they came back and it said the same thing. That no smoking, drinking, or dancing. I'm thinking like, these guys haven't grown in 80 years. What's going on? And so I asked the pastor, pastor, this thing still says, he goes, you just put a, get, a, get, get one of those marks a lot, put it, put it right through there. Because there was an usher that used to come, sweet guy, on fire for God, but he smelled like cigarettes. And so I told him, I said, dude, you know what you need to do before you come into church? Because we're still dealing with old people to get offended because with Pastor and I, it's all right. Spray yourself down with Febreze and just come in because you smell, because you smell like cigarettes. You know, I was, I was playing with him. I get that humor part. Spray, spray yourself down with Febreze because you smell like an ashtray. I said, gum, well, I chew gum. I said, it's not gum. It's, it's, it's in your skin. It's in your clothes. I mean, it's everywhere because you've been smoking forever. I said, we're not offended, but we want to make sure that we, we're, as we're greeting, you represent everybody that's inside. So the Bible tells, talks about that God judges on the inside, but man looks on the outward. Well, for the people, for the babies, and I had to say this, for the babies who look on the outward, you know, I say, do you smoke in front of the babies? Oh, no, no way. I step outside as it is. My daughter just had a kid. I said, oh, well, cool. Well, then guess what? Spray yourself down. Or maybe buy clothes. Go to Walmart. We'll help you if you need to. And these are not for smoking. They're just for church. That's a better idea. So he did that. So what, 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 what did we do? We used our words to help bring so that he was available for everyone. Because we, the Bible says, know who you labor among. Are, are you listening to what I'm saying? So that's part of seasoning your words. Because, see, David and I can laugh. There's certain things that I send them on Facebook that I see or little things that I see, little, little uh, memes. And I send him only because I'm a, you know, or, or Manny. You just send the, we don't send it. Pam goes, did you send that to everybody? No. I just send it to him. <laughs> you know, she'll crack up too, but she says, oh, you guys are terrible. But, you know, so we have our, you know, but it says, know those who you labor. Verse 3 says, remember then how you've received or taken the hand or heard, continuously keep. Now, it said heard. Didn't, you notice it didn't say study or read? Do you know that God will talk to you right in the Bible? You'll be reading something. God says, Pay close attention. You'll hear something in here say, have you ever had something just glow in the Bible? Have you ever heard the words get big and this is, hey, this is yours, you know, read this. And God speaks to you through that. God speaks. Well, remember, continuously keep watch, guard it, and change your way of thinking. That means repent. Everything's repent means come up, come as you are without, and get at the cross and come and kneel. We don't lose sight of the cross. We don't. Because sometimes, how many, how many here sometimes have to come back to the cross and say, Jesus, I've been a fool for about a week. Come on now, you all take vacations from God every now and then, don't you? Something will, something will cause you to spin out of control and you're thinking like you're just 
I'm just going to float for now, man. I'm, I'm just tripping. Anybody? Am I the only one that trips? I can't afford to trip. You know why? Because i got to come to see you all twice a week. More than that, because i got to do talk to you. So, I mean, it, it, I have to stay. So I have to carefully guard it more than you. You know what's worse than having, coming up to talk about something having nothing? No anointing. Love, because there's just a bunch of noise. Watch what it says. And, and, and I will proceed arriving upon you. It says, if you don't, and if you're not watching, I'll proceed arriving upon you as a thief. Under no circumstances will you know the hour that I'll be arriving upon you. That has nothing to do with the return of Jesus Christ. What that has to do with is if you don't guard the words that you receive, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You know how he comes upon you? All of a sudden, Fanalisa comes, and she's crying. No, you know, I just feel like I'm far away from God. I just want to give up on life. Watch this. If you don't guard the words that are careful within your heart, you'll have nothing to say because the Holy Spirit cannot draw from you. Because it says, out of your belly shall flow the rivers of living water. Amazing, huh? You'll have nothing because he'll come upon you as a thief. Why? Because we all have appointed times to be used by God. All of us have appointed times to be used. And you know what happened is that I used to see, I, I had a vision one time. I was talking to a bunch of youth we had, at a conference. And I said, you know what's going to happen? And I, and I say this a lot. People who know me know this term. You're on in five. And, I, and the way I used to do that is because what will happen is they, they, this youth, we had a lot of youth. And I, and I, and I said, you, and then the, some of them could sing. I said, in about five minutes, I'll call you up there to sing. Now, all the other youth had already uh, had gossiped. They were at a party. They were at a party at Pico Viejo. And then and she was dancing with everybody. And, then, you know, and I think she even had beer, man. You know, she had beer. You know what happens when you have beer? I said, she was probably drunk. And I'm thinking, oh. And so I said, I already know you went to this party. Because everybody's talking. Uh, people are talking. I said, no, listen, it's the fact that you went. You're, you're probably beating yourself up. Yes. I said, okay. Go over there and, and just ask God to forgive you, restore you, and get you ready. And I gave him some scriptures about how God doesn't remember our sin because you're sitting in lawless acts and remember no more until. And I said, his grace carries you. That gift, did the gift leave you? How, did, he, did he rent you for five years and say, I'm out of here? Yeah. yeah. What kind of life you get? Eternal life, right? So he's not God. Go over there and just pray. Get yourself in the, just pray in tongues until you get refreshed. They come out, she'd sing with the full anointing. I said, then when she came back, I said, that power got hit. I said, see all those gossipers? Their mouths were wide open. She goes, yeah, I saw that. Because people were getting healed. People were getting restored. And the, the gossipers were like, because they didn't believe God was using them. And so we've got to be always ready and guarding what we have. One day I was involved in church work. 21 days of worship and praise, continuous days. I was working full-time, being a dad full-time, and, I, and so I didn't get to do a lot of study time. So my, our Bible study came time. And this, we had a, oh, worship and praise. The presence of God was so thick. It was wonderful. It was my turn to come up and speak, and I didn't have a thing. I studied, but there's no anointing to go into that study. And, but what I did is I studied last week, you know, because I want to be prepared. But the Holy Ghost didn't want that. He wanted to change. I said, Lord, you do want to change What's going to happen? He said, this is, I heard these words just one of the two times that I heard the audible voice of God. He said, I don't have anything to draw from. Ooh, I just, I just started crying. My tears just came. I said, Lord, forgive me. I've just been so busy doing God stuff that I didn't take time for me and you. I didn't fill myself up. 
When I repented, you all see that sign back there with the red thing blinking? That thing usually has words that goes, goes across. I kid you not. I saw it in red writing like this, Acts 3.16. I went to Acts 3.16. And it gave me the theme of what I'm to talk about. And then when it, the anointing lifted on that, I looked up again in the air, the next scripture for the whole rest of the Bible study. Now, some people might sit there and say, I don't believe that. Dude, I had a whole group of people waiting to hear the word. It wasn't about me. It was about the Holy Spirit and God's reputation. He exercised mercy on me so that he can get his message across. And it was about five of them that came up. It wasn't like the whole time it was just a ticker tick one constantly. It was just, I was like, part of me was very, yeah, you see that? But, you know, I just had to stay serious and just continue with it. And it was awesome that taught me a lesson like what it's saying here is that we've got to stay ready and not to forget the things that we've learned. And so part of that is staying in your word, staying in the Bible. And it says, but watch. Revelation 3.15. I'm going to do this and then we're going to end. And we'll start here on Sunday. Everybody's heard this verse and probably thought they were going to hell after they read it. I know your actions, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were neither cold nor hot, since you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And how many here ever felt like you were lukewarm? Everybody's afraid to talk. Now watch. He's talking to this church. And he's telling them, you're doing all kinds of good things. But he told them at the beginning to remember. Remember how he said remember these things. He's talking to this church. Then he says... I wish that you, we got to know about, everyone say location, location, location. Location, location, location. Now, you know what this is about? This church was in an area in which it was Crete. It was 57 AD that they went to this place to, to, to establish a church. But this place here was still under Roman rule. Romans ruled almost the whole known world. These guys were bad. These guys were just, and this, you know what? Can I, I'm going to give you a hint to where we're going as the Army of God basic training, because this is what this is in basic training. The, the church of God, as Jesus spoke and as Paul spoke, patterned it after, and even gave it names of the Roman government and the Roman military establishment. Apostles are actually people who go in, and it's, you know how McDonald's you go to all of them? Right now they're all, what do they call it? Post-industrial look. They look like little prisons. Have you ever seen the gray? They got little bars in front of the windows, but they're yellow, so they're friendly looking, I guess. But they're just looking like post-industrial look. Did you know that the pictures they put in there so kids don't knock them down, they're nailed to the wall so you can't move the pictures? You know, they're just set up, and they're all the same. Well, the, 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 the apostles of the armies of Rome would go into an area, and they would make the region they take over just like Rome, just like the capital. And they would set up a, a, a governor that would represent Caesar, so they treated him as Caesar. And the armies of God, the ecclesia, the sent out ones, are the Senate of Rome. And so all the terminology comes from that, but that's, that's for free. Well, anyways, Crete never allowed themselves to build aqueducts because they had, they had running water. These guys were advanced. They stole from the Greeks and stole from every culture to build up the culture of Rome. And what happens was Crete, they had hot water, hot springs where... Oh, they were so therapeutic. You would get just soaking these things, and you would just, people would get out healed out of these hot waters. But Crete from the south had water from the ice caps that would come up. 
into the main city. So these two waters would meet in the middle, and it would be lukewarm. Good for drinking. It wasn't good for because the people used to, ref, you know, there's there's nuts out there that like to. If you want of those nuts, forgive me, but there's nuts that like to go out there and just go into, you know, they go into Iceland and go run into the beach. And you see these people go, they they just go, they come out blue, crazy people. But the other people like to sit in the sulfur hot springs. They smell like, well, they're so, they smell like sulfur. They smell like hell. No, I'm kidding. But you go inside this stuff and you soak in this stinky water. Supposedly people get healed. Well, these waters would join and they would be lukewarm. And the people hated that water. So they would go south to get some of the cold water. But the lukewarm water, they would spit out of their mouth. So what, what he was talking about that church is that that water that met in the middle of that city was good for nothing. People would carry it away to either heat it up or carry it away to either make it cold. And so what Jesus was talking about that church is that I'd spit you out because you're good for nothing. Either you're good to refresh or you're good to heal, but you're not good for nothing if you're, if you're lukewarm. So a lot of people say, you're on fire, yes, you're going to hell if you're lukewarm. It had nothing to do with that. He's pulling an example here of a geographical, geographical location that the people all knew in that place. Because look what he says. You say, I'll spit you out of my mouth, because you say, I'm rich, I've become wealthy, I don't need anything. But you don't realize that you're miserable, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. These guys had everything. This church had gotten so popular, so good, that they had banks, accountants, they had commerce, they had business, they had schools, they had libraries, they had medical centers, they had the best of everything, because when they were dependent upon God, God gave them the wisdom above everyone else to... To, you know, there were suburbs. They had built a, 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 almost a small empire of this church, and the people would come and give, but they no longer had God on their mind. And he said, you become pitiful. You're blind. In a moment, all of, how many know that when, one, when, when, two 11, when 9-11 hit, I, I keep wanting to say the year, but it was in 2001. 9-11 hit, our economy almost went, just businesses were closing everywhere because people didn't want to go out. So the president kept, came out and said, y'all go to Disneyland. You can go out and buy stuff now. You can go here. So I said, safe. Why was he doing that? Because our economy was tanking and the whole rest of the world was going down with us. Now, things can change. Did you know our economy right now is just like this? The stock market has never returned to before 2007 level. It's kind of like retail. If you go by last year's figures, you guys are geniuses because last year we sucked, but this year, wow, look, at we're making, we're 10% up. You have to go back a few months, a few years, and find out where you are because now you're managing a broken down situation. The church of Jesus Christ in that place was managing a broken down situation. That's why they were saying, oh, you got money, you got all these other things, but you're not growing. You're not, you're not expanding the kingdom. They should have gone out from beyond their borders because that's the will of God. But they grew. What's the word? Well, during communion, what's the word we started with? What happened to the culture of the, of the school of the prophets? They grew what? Under the shadow? They grew. See, I told you the kids aren't the only ones that don't remember. They grew comfortable. Oh, you said it? Oh, okay, I didn't hear you. I apologize. They grew comfortable under that setting. Well, the Church of Jesus Christ in Southern California is comfortable. You know why? We only have one service on Sunday. We don't have two. We usually have two, but now. Let's go spend time with our families. They don't. Dad goes golfing, mama goes shopping, and the kids are at home doing whatever. That's the culture of California. Kids go, can we go to Disneyland? Yeah, here. 
because you gotta go like that when you go to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> no lie, man. It's a hundred bucks. Go to the movies. You take more than two kids. It's a hundred bucks. No lie. How much is the soda at the movies? Five bucks. If you get, how about how about when you say the combos have no price? Well, let me have this combo. By the time you finish the combo, forty-two dollars. Wait, it's just for two kids. You know, it's like. But, but we but we have grown comfortable because we pay that. Well, I yeah, I know, but I'm saying as a culture, people pay that. I don't either. That's it, man. <laughs> like your car, real good though. But anyway, like, make sure your stereo's under there. You know, but, okay. but what happens is, you know, we've learned how to work within the culture, but we're not doing anything about the culture. And so this is what we're talking about here. Our words have to be seasoned. They have to have a word that ministers to everybody. What does that mean we have to do as soldiers? Be prepared. This is why this is called basic training. This is part two of my introduction to this subject because we're going to begin to learn. Did you know that next week, next Tuesday, we're going to start a God is your only source. You know what, brother? God is going to, I don't know why I'm coming this direction, but you're never going to know what it's like to be an orphan again because God the Father wants to father you. He wants to father you as a father should. And he won't let you down. He won't let you look two ways before you do this. He doesn't make you jump through hoops. God is a God who fathers and will bless you as a son. You'll never know what it's like to be an orphan again. Because sometimes you've, ever, you've felt like you've got nobody that you can just... You know, it felt like everybody around you is the same as you. But you've wanted a father figure. And I'm not saying that your father was no good or whatever, but what I'm saying is that there's a desire within the heart to be fathered. And, you'll, and, in, and in Christ, you'll never, ever know what it's like to be an orphan. Because an orphan always wants. God will supply every need that you have socially, physically, emotionally, financially, in every arena. And he'll father you the right way. You can trust him. Amen. And so... Getting ready to close this up, and I'm going to just say something here, and I'm going to close this way, and I'm going to be closing this way many, many times from now on, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something with your life. Jesus came, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father except through me. When people, give their, when people come and say, Jesus is the real deal, they, they make a commitment with their hearts. All of it. Not with their heads, with their hearts. And it means that my life, God, is yours. You know what it means? is that see, your life could belong to the world and to the enemy because there's only two forces that govern, govern this whole world. Every, the universe is that of the, the enemy or that of God. And our God is a good God. The Bible says through our, our God, and I'm quoting scripture, I'm not saying our God. I'm saying God is a good God. He's a father. He said he sent Jesus to manifest the father. And you never, if you read from, from, from Matthew all the way through Revelation, you never see Jesus curse anyone. Now, he got some rope and turned tables over, got angry, and said, but he never slapped someone and said, you know, and, and even those people, he didn't say, he didn't say, heaven, hell, 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 heaven, hell. He didn't do that. Purgatory. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, he didn't, he didn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> He, he loved everyone that came in front of him. 
So you might say, why didn't he save the whole world? Because he, he knew that you were coming. The Bible said he was the firstborn of all creation, which means, why did they say first? Because there was a second, third, fourth, and we're like, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably, you know, 1,266, I don't know, but we, whatever. Um, we're the firstborn of many to do what? To do what he did. He ministered to those that were in front of him, that came within his sphere of influence. That's the kingdom of God. As a king, you minister in your sphere of influence. Those that he influenced received him. And he said, Lord, to his disciples, he said, I gave them your word, they're clean. So what I'm asking of you here is that if Jesus isn't the Lord of your life, that means that he's, he's Lord, which means that he is in charge of your heart. If he's not Lord of your life, then he has to be Lord of your life. Then salvation isn't yours. Because I'm still, I'm saying, I'm, I'm quoting God, but I'm doing my own thing. But what he does, you want to know the amazing thing that God does? is that you are full of dreams and desires and, and, and things that you want out of life. You know that those are all seeds that he planted within you? He put those seeds of greatness, those seeds of desire to want these things in life. The world will take those things from you, or they'll take them and then you, they'll abuse them. You know that musicians are no longer their own entity. They're on a contract and they do whatever the contract says to do. So even that gift of music that these people have is not theirs. But to give it to God, God will take you around the world without treating you like a slave. Because these guys don't rest. You're a cash cow. And, you know, these guys, say, how, many, how many days in a year? 365. Right on, guys. You're geniuses. What happens is they'll give them 422 appearances in that year. 422? There's not enough days. But they go some places, they, they, I was going to say minister, they, they, they perform. They're like monkeys on a string. That's, that's not life. God, you give him yours. It comes through that place of redemption. You come out the other side. You're still you, except you're clean. You're new. You give him your life, and all these dreams and visions now are in their proper place. And you're able to, you know what? For the first time in your life, I hear people say, I'm, I'm happy for the first time in my life. There's something that's just happened on the inside. And so it, it requires, say, God, I surrender. It's, I give my life to you. I recognize that you're good. And I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to ask you right now. If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life in that manner, it's time. It's time. You know what? We're living in some crazy times. It's time to give your life to Jesus in that manner. Because a lot of times we go, okay, I believe. I said a prayer. I'm saved. No, 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 no. You said a prayer. You think you're saved. It's a giving of your life saying, God, I surrender. God, I give you my life. Can I tell you something? I'll let you know something. Um, I, my knees are healed as far as walking because all the pain's gone. But if I get on my knees, it means my, my two bones go, you know, and I'm not light. So it's really, you know. So, but you know what I did? This, week, this weekend, there was a call for people to, who wants? to be a catalyst for what God wants to do in California. And I already knew that we were called to that because when I, was, when I gave my life to Jesus in, in Catherine Coleman's last service, she, said, she, she pointed out and she said, when I leave, there are going to be points of light that are going to take over all over the world. And she said, they're going, and it could be you, and it's going right at me. And I was, like, I, was still, I was like 16 during that time. You, and I'm thinking, no, but you, know, you because I, I want to run from God. And she pointed, you. And you, but when she looked down, her little bony finger, she goes, you. And I'm thinking, ah. 
But you know what? I went back to that place. I said, okay, Jesus. When I gave my life to Jesus in another miracle service from another, another individual, I surrendered at that moment. I said, God, I truly know you are real. Listen carefully. I was religious for a while. I thought I was saved. I, I went with one of the, the bishop's son, and we were smoking out in the back of his car, and the car looked like Cheech and Chong's car, you know, just, it, was, it, just, I was, I was, it just was spilled up. And I go, isn't, isn't your dad going to get mad? He won't know. He didn't know what this stuff is, so he opened up the windows when we finished, and we went back in church. I wasn't, I was, I was hellbound. Till this guy's bones were cracking behind me, and he had to pull him out of a cast, and his legs went, <laughs> and I'm like, I felt like those people with Elijah, the Lord, he is God. I said, God, you're God. And I went down and gave my life to Jesus. And Pam, that's when I, I shared last week that Pam said, you're glowing, something's different. I truly gave my life to Jesus. She did the same thing the week after, and she was stone cold, Catholic, everybody else was going to hell Catholic. That's how she was raised. And we went and gave our lives to Jesus. She fell under the power of God. Boom. That's when people say, oh, that's phony. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. But it doesn't happen all the time to everybody. But it's, it's not. That's why, when, you know, see Benny Hinn, we're making fun of people. And he goes, they play that song, I'll fall down. You know, you see, look, you're on YouTube. No, he does. I took Manny and I used to work those meetings. And he goes, power. And we're way up on the nosebleed section. Manny's about that tall back then. He goes, and he goes, Dad, that was power, huh? I said, yeah, that was power. And he received something to begin to, to enter into the ministry. And David has been involved in the power of God and the gifts of the Spirit. He was part of our youth group for years because he was advanced in what he knew. So it's not a club, but it's an opportunity for you to begin to live with power. Dianetics is phony. God's presence is real. So if it's you and Jesus isn't the Lord of your life, in other words, he's not the driving force behind your life. Then I'm going to ask you right now. I'm, going to, and I'm not going to do this every eye closed. No, because you know what? Jesus died in an open field, ready to, to just gave his life. And he said, it's finished. And then he gave up the ghost. So I'm going to count to three. And if it's you, I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Put your hand up if he's not the Lord of your life. And now I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Jesus, right now, while it's hot and in my heart, I give you my life, all of it. I surrender. Jesus, take the seat of the throne of my heart. Holy Spirit, I receive you. Lead me and guide me. Speak to me and fill me. In Jesus' name, I receive. And God, you are my Father. I receive you as Father. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, there's a change. I told you there was going to be a change in your life. There's going to be a change in your life. And you know what? I renew my life like that that day. This is why he said it like that. I came up, and he said, everybody who comes up to the altar, get on your knees. And I'm going like, oh, dude, I don't get on my knees. But you know what I did? I found a corner so that if I got to a place where I had to do a push-up to stand up, I wouldn't be a spectacle. We were talking about that, huh? And I just got on my knees and just sat there and just committed everything that I am in this ministry back to what we were originally called to. And, you know, what's crazy is Manny wanted to help me up. I said, no. And I got up from my knees and stood up. 
there's no shame in recommitting because some people for years have made spectacles of rededicating. Those who know the integrity of this ministry, I don't, I don't do recycled Christians. But when the Spirit of God says it's time to give this heart and commit it, then I do it and I obey what the Spirit of God says. Because it may be, the Lord said start doing it regularly, which means that you guys are going to start bringing people that don't know Jesus. Because there's nothing that stirs, you know what, I could see an arm grow out, I'll be happy. But you know what really thrills me? It's when someone gives their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll, you know what, especially when I see parents drop to their knees when they see their children, their teens actually give their lives to the Lord, they just drop because they don't want their kids held out. It's the same thing when my parents and my loved ones all gave their lives to Jesus. I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Because there's no greater miracle than a changed life. And so tonight is the beginning of a new day tomorrow for you. Tonight has made a difference. Some of you are going to have dreams. You're going to have visions. Some of you are going to start hearing God speak to you. Obey that. Don't let what you receive leave you. That word is a, is a resounding warning, even in my heart. Lord, because you know what I had let go? The fact that God wanted us to be a, a catalyst for revival in Southern California. And so I let it go. I knew that it was there, but it was like a balloon in the air. I, I had to bring it back to my heart. That's what I needed to do. It was one of the many things that we wanted to do, but it wasn't the central. And God said, this is the central. Put it back. And that's what I did that night. And so... This is why I'm transparent before you. I'm just like you. I let things go. So I had to change my thinking again. That's what it means to repent, change the way you think. And I had to bring it close to me. And that's why that spit you out of my mouth. In that arena, I was lukewarm because I was more concerned by get, building you guys up to be ready for that. But if I don't have it here, what are you getting ready for? See, the reason business people are in business is to do what? To make money. That's why I used, to, I used to interview the guys. If you come to work for me, what are you going to do? I'm going to sell parts. I'm going to help customers. No. What are you going to, why are you here? First time I get into a store that nobody knows me, they give me an assignment, they give me a store. So you're here to make money. And when you understand that, even sweeping the floors means that there's going to be more money coming in this place. As a church, why are we here? To get you ready for what? The work of the ministry. Every single one of you has a call to do something out there. Every single one of you. So this is, this is why we're here. This is why we do church, to prepare you. And, and what happens is, listen, some of you are called to do what I'm doing, and you may do it way better. More power to you, man. You know what? Because you come out of this organization, you're going to do and go far. Because I know that I have the goods that God gave me. I'm not, I'm not bragging on me. I'm, t- I'm talking like Paul. I know, that when, I know that I'm right, and at some point you'll grow up and realize that I'm right. I love that passage. When he said that, I'm thinking, Paul, oh, you're hard, dude. You just told these guys, you know, you know, he's telling all these learned people and he's talking to them. I said, you know what? At some point, you'll grow up and you'll know what I know. And you know what? I've been at this 30 some odd years. There's things I do know from being around that long, but there's some revelation that's pouring in. And I know that what I'm saying is right. So if you belong here, you're going to get fed right and you'll be effective out in that world. Amen? God is good. God is so good. Thank you, Father. Yes. Let's prepare for this evening's tithes and offerings. I'm getting ready to let you go. If you need an envelope, uh, tell if we don't have one. Right? Do we have any, Manny? Okay. Um, both of us did not show up today with envelopes. Okay. So I'm going to keep some with me from now on. But anyway, um, she's going to have the, the, the bag. So you're having buckets now. We have bags. And so 
if you know, Father, talk to our hearts about what we're to give. You know, Lord, we're renewed and we trust you. So, as Lord, as we release what's in our hand, we know that you release what's in yours, and what we give never leaves our life. So, Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for those that you want to bless immensely in Jesus' name. Go serve the people, Miha, and uh, we'll get ready to go. How many of you got something out of this meeting today? Really good stuff. I, I, I learned from it. When I, I get ready, I'm like, good gravy, Lord, you just are just... The rebel, I've, I've reading scriptures that I've read for 30 years, and they have new stuff on it because the word's like a diamond. Yes. The, for the young ones, for anybody who's entering into a job with the young ones who are entering into the word of work, your call, don't ever lose the understanding of what you're called to do in a job and to stay making money as your purpose. You go there with a purpose. You go there with a time. You were doing the company, but you have a problem. And even your job is a mission. But don't ever mix up the two that means much bigger problem. Where's Mark? Oh, there he is. I just came behind that. God, never be afraid to talk about the Lord. He's going to give you more opportunities. And before, sometimes you just feel a little stirring. Or the stirring's going to get a little harsher so you know that down the shadow without the tip. Because sometimes you go, well, I don't even know if it's you. Well, this time he's going to make sure you know and then put it out there. Because there's lives that need to change. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you like I heard it. Lives need to change before you're out of there. And that'll be your legacy. Your GPA will not be your legacy. But it'll be those that you touch for God. So, did you raise up your hand? Oh, you're playing guitar, huh? Were you Were you going to raise your hand? So, then then what it does, it behooves you to obey him. That means that you're already in the right spot. So, obey him. You know why I asked you that? Because you go, like, yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you got some new kicks. I like those. All right. Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. May I go ahead and pray for the offering? Just, just bless it. God, I just hope that the, that the offering goes to you and that we, that the, that the money goes to you. Amen. All right. Praise God. Go ahead and, and, and go see Manny. All right, guys, it's, it's, uh, we're only about four minutes after nine, so we're, we're, we're four minutes off. And so it was Manny's fault. They took worship really long. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, no, you know what? I don't care. If, if one evening it just does total worship, I am, I'm okay with it. So glory to God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May make his face to shine upon you as he does. May you receive his grace and his graciousness. As he lifts his countenance to you, spend time with him. He's there. He made an appointment with you. Take the time. And then receive the peace of God that transcends all understanding, the shalom, shalom, and nothing missing, nothing broken. Church, you are blessed and you are loved and dismissed. Amen. Oh, Miss Esther, uh, with the class that she's having on, well, the, the, the class that she is having, Sunday is the cutoff date. See, Miss Esther, if you want to be a part of that. When is the cutoff date for the money for the curriculum? Um, I want to cut it off because you really need to. Um, Sunday will be the last date. Okay. So, 
Last day. Last day for commitment or last day to get the money? Last day to get the money. Okay. So I need the money by Sunday. And if, you know what? It's, we spent a whole bunch of money at Starbucks, 24 bucks or $25 yeah. to, get the, to get the workbook and the hardback copy. This, I studied these books. They are phenomenal. And you know what? It goes into being a healthy body to, to get involved with this. And it really does. It takes you, sets you free, puts your mind at rest. And, and it, it does a lot of good things. So church, you're dismissed. We'll see you all Sunday. Amen. What's up? Talk to your audience. Thank you for being with us. Amen.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.